The title of the message this morning is, quite simply, The Golden Rule. Would you please say that with me? The Golden Rule. If I was to give it a subtitle, I would say it's about living in a considerate way. How do you do in that area? Do you generally live in a considerate, considerate way? Or do you feel that you have a tremendous amount that you need to work on in this area? Now, interesting, the golden rule is, uh, as I've chatted to a few people in the past few weeks, I've discovered that some people don't know what the golden rule is. Well, it's basically a term that was given to a principle that Jesus taught. So in hearing this principle, it's from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The actual words, the golden rule, are not found in Scripture. Uh, they are a name that was later on given by Bible translators that tried to make Bible study a little easier, and oftentimes there's a little heading ahead of a Scripture or a passage of Scripture. And so it seems that in the 16th and the 17th century, that Bible translators began to use this term, the golden rule, to refer to this principle that Jesus taught. Now, this golden rule is found in Matthew chapter 7, and it occurs when Jesus was teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And so, let's have a look at it, its occurrence in Matthew 7, verse 12, and I'm reading from the New International Version. So here it is. So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Can I ask that we all together Say that scripture in the same tempo that I said it. Join me. Here we go. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. There it is right there. The same verse, verse 12 in the New Living Translation says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. And then it says, this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets, which is quite interesting because it effectively means that when we follow the golden rule, we are keeping the rest of God's commandments. Let's look at it in one more translation, the contemporary English version. It says, treat others as you want them to treat you. This is what the law and the prophets are all about. So it's pretty clear as you look at those verses from different translations, it's pretty clear what Jesus is speaking about in this principle. Now, I believe this, that if we are willing to apply the golden rule, it can really have significant changes in store for our lives. It can really, it holds promise of changing our entire lives. Now, maybe you're thinking you're not so sure about that. I really mean what I say. This thing put into action can have dramatic implications 
in your life. Let me say, if we were to apply the golden rule in our homes, there would be very few upheavals. Think about that. If we were to apply the golden rule in our cross-cultural communications, so much would change. And South Africa needs believers, Christians that will operate according to the golden rule in that respect. Because let me tell you, you and I as believers in Jesus Christ are the primary ones through which the goodness of God should be seen. You and I should be the examples in this area. I'm thinking that if we were to apply the golden rule in schools, bullying would be a thing of the past. And by the way, I want to say to young people, high schoolers, even those in varsity, I want to say to you, don't bully somebody. It's just not right. It's unrighteous. So what is the golden rule? It's on the screen clearly in front of you. Do unto others what you would have them do unto you. And this is straightforward Christianity. This is basic Christianity. And this is important. Now, the old Mosaic law of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is no longer applicable. Jesus did away with that old Testament Mosaic law. He said, you've heard things said, but he says, but I tell you, love your enemies. So don't take it reading from the Old Testament and think, well, this is what I have to do with my boss at work, and I'm going to pour brake fluid on his bonnet, and I'm going to let down his tires. No, 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 don't do that. All right. It's done away with, and Jesus says, I'll show you a better way. It's called the way of love, and we should love our enemies. There are four basic things that I'd like to say, four points that I'd like to share with you today. Number one, the golden rule is not a secular concept. It is a biblical principle. Please would you say that out aloud with me all together. The golden rule is not a secular concept. It is a biblical principle. Now, some Eastern religions promote some similar ideals or concepts but they are not to be confused with the biblical golden rule that Jesus has given us. Now, for clarity's sake, I'd like to quickly look at a few of what these Eastern religions say. I generally do not like to quote from any other religion in church, but in this case, it can be helpful to differentiate. This is what Confucianism says. Do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. Hinduism says, this is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. Buddhism says, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. So just take note of that fra those phrases, do not, do not, hurt not. So can you see that those statements from those religions are in the negative form? And furthermore, they rely on passivity. And so I want to say that there is a substantial difference between what is said there and the biblical golden rule 
according to the word of God. Can you agree with that? There's a substantial difference. And also we need to know that the golden rule is not a common ethic found in all religions on the face of the earth. Let me tell you, the golden rule stands alone and it is unique to Judeo-Christian scriptures. Can I have an amen on that? It is unique. It's from the Lord, our God. Some people have even suggested that Jesus was borrowing from the Eastern religions when he gave the golden rule, but that is simply wrong. That is a misconception. And allow me to give you a very clear reason why. You see, the texts that come from these Eastern religions were written at the earliest between 500 BC and 400 BC. But in terms of Jesus, he takes the golden rule from the book of Leviticus, which was written in about 1450 BC. So that is approximately 1,000 years earlier. So I ask you, who borrowed from whom? <laughs> and so I believe that we need to be clear on this. The golden rule is to be accredited to the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can I have a loud amen on that? So let's not be confused about this. Leviticus 19 verse 18 is on your screen. And it says there, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so this is where Matthew 7 verse 12 finds its origin. So that's point number one. The golden rule is not a secular concept. It is a biblical principle, a kingdom principle. Number two is that the golden rule is the essence of the entire Sermon on the Mount. Are you familiar with the Sermon on the Mount? Have you ever read it? The Sermon on the Mount was preached by Jesus, and we find the sermon in three chapters in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. It also took place very early in Jesus' ministry that he gave his sermon. Some people have even said it might have been his first sermon, although when he was a child, he stood up in the temple and read from the scroll, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, but perhaps it could have been his first one as he started his ministry, I don't know, but early on, as he's beginning to set the stage for his ministry, he gives the Sermon on the Mount. And theologians would agree that it contains some of the main ideas of Christian living. And still today, it is affecting us. It's interesting that the Sermon on the Mount was Jesus' longest discourse. In other words, this is referred to by people as the longest sermon that Jesus ever gave. And I felt in keeping with that today, I feel I want to give the longest sermon I have ever preached today. Oh, I feel the anointing. All right, just kidding. I'm not going to give the longest sermon. Some people are already starting to WhatsApp home, put the, put the oven on 120 instead of 240. No, I'm just joking. All right, just chill, just relax. But it was his longest sermon, and the golden rule, listen, is the essence 
of that sermon. And consequently, the golden rule must be very important. Must be very important. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What's interesting is you can take the golden rule and you can apply it to section after section after section in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's relevant. And so they have said that this is really the kernel of this long discourse of preaching that Jesus did. Now, I ask you this. If the golden rule is so important, listen carefully, why do we hear so little about it? Think about that. How often do you read this or read books on it or or documentaries of uh, you know, faith and Christian life and where it focuses on this. And I was struck because as I was preparing, I was realizing this is not just a little thing that you, want, that you read once a year. This is crucial to Christian lifestyle, a biblical kingdom lifestyle. Why don't we hear about it? And I would say that charismatic preachers seldom preach about the golden rule, and it's actually really a pity, and I even say that to my own shame. You know, sometimes charismatics are are overly focused on things like, you know, vision and the supernatural and grace and the presence of God and all these things, whereas God might be simply saying, I want you to talk about kindness. I want you to talk about my love. I want you to talk about how it is manifest through the golden rule and people working, walking according to this. And so let me say this, that I want to suggest to you today that we need to take this golden rule and elevate it to a place of higher priority. I want to challenge and rattle your mind today and say it has to come up. It has to come up. This is not just a little thing. This is big. And it has to be applied into our lives. Number three, as we seek to apply the golden rule, I love this, we become more like our Father in heaven. Isn't that beautiful? How many of you can say by a show of hands, I want to be more like my Father in heaven? Raise your hand if that's you. Now, I want to say this, that as I'm speaking about the golden rule today, that I too am challenged. And as I was reading and preparing, I felt that God was speaking to my heart. And I was having to face up with some of the things inside of me. You know, sometimes as leaders, we are so focused on perhaps vision and moving forward that that we can forget some of the basic things like this. And from my side, if I have been that way towards you, I want to ask for your forgiveness. I realize as I'm preparing this message that I have so much to learn. How many of you also agree you've got so much to learn? As we get into the word of God more and more, I realize, God, thank you that you are gracious with me because I have so much that I still need to learn. And you see, it's easy to say in a nice setting like this, a nice church service, oh, that we're always going to be nice to each other, but when the pressure's on, how do you respond? Do you ever feel like being like one of those little chihuahuas when the pressure's on and you go, you know? Do do any of you ever nef nef or snap out? Okay. 
Well, I'm dealing with a bunch of saints here today. It's wonderful. Maybe you should be preaching. I should go sit down. Now, in terms of dealing with you saints, um, how many of you would be prepared to say, yeah, John, occasionally I do snap? Raise a hand if that's you. All right. To your spouse, uh, if they didn't put up their hands, you can just nudge them and say, pastor's preaching to you. (laughs) Sometimes we do that. The pressure's on. And we look like a little chihuahua. (laughs) That's what we do. You know, we can all learn to apply this principle a little bit more. And I want to say to you today, let's learn together from God's word as we are speaking about this. Let's all grow together. But important, let's become more like our father. Because the world is looking for believers that represent the father well. It's important that we represent him well. And listen to this, the golden rule should not only be applied to people that you like, but according to scripture, it should be applied to those that are even considered our enemies. The Bible says, love your enemies. And do you know this, by the way, that loving your enemies is unheard of in other religions. And that's what makes the plan of our King and of our God so awesome, that the love will be shed abroad, that we would even be loving people that hate us, can't stand our guts, but that we would love our enemies. What a God, what a plan, what a God of love we serve. Matthew 5, verse 43 to 45 is on your screen, and it says, Jesus is speaking, he says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Please see that, say those three words with me. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray. Lord, are you serious? Lord, must I pray for them? Yes. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Praise the Lord for his word. So notice that phrase. What does it say? It says that you, uh, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. When we do this, we begin to look like Jesus more. When we apply the golden rule, we represent our heavenly Father well. And the problem is that in the world, that Father has been represented badly by many people, many Christians. And God is saying, if we're going to be effective in this end time harvest, we have to represent the Father well with a heart of love. We need to represent him well. We need to be a credit for the kingdom of God. And as we do this, we begin to look more like Jesus. Amen. We begin to look more like Jesus. Tell the person next to you, you're looking more like Jesus. Tell them that. Now, let me mention one or two practical examples of perhaps applying the golden rule in an everyday life situation. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about letting somebody, while you're in traffic, thick traffic, letting somebody into your lane 
Shall I get back to rather just reading scriptures? <laughs> now think about this for a moment. Now imagine it's a rainy Friday morning, and I don't know when it, when it rains, people just go nuts on the road. I don't know what goes wrong, but suddenly the traffic is like down to a standstill. Now imagine here you are, you're traveling somewhere in the city, there's three lanes of traffic, and here you are minding your own business, you've even got your favorite Christian music playing, and you are driving along in traffic, and you are in this lane, and a lane next to you, three cars up, you see the guy twists his car a little bit and puts his flicker on. Now, what do you do? You've been noticing everything so far. But suddenly you have this amazing way of not even seeing that car and just focusing in front of you. And you just even look a little bit to this side because you're not going to let them see that they see you, you that you, 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 you know? Ah, can anybody relate to it? Please don't put up your hand. Please don't put up your hand. All right. Now, imagine if you are that person. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What would you like, if you were them, what would you like this person driving to do? You would actually like them to give a gap. Is that right? You would like them to give a gap. Now let's say here you are and you're busy driving along and now that is a person that's driving there. Let's say that that, that is you, Okay. And somebody else is now going to hopefully let you in. Now, that person who is you, should we say it's a she or should we say it's a he? A he. Okay, how many of you say she's a... Well, let me just say, if you put yourself in those shoes, you, you, you sure to want to wish somebody would let you in. Am I right? Now, let me say, I'm not talking about the crazy guy who has, for the last five minutes, changed lanes 16 times, and you just know they're an absolute nuisance. With those kind of people, I do recommend that wonderfully spiritual pose where you look in front of you. It's okay. You can do it. All right. Because they're making a nuisance of themselves in any case. Oh, yeah, help toch as a but generally speaking, doing to others would mean that you would actually let somebody come in in front of you. I've found that on the occasions that somebody's let somebody in front of me, you really appreciate it. And you know what? A few times that that has happened to me, it has been a taxi driver. I can't believe it. Really. Sometimes they are wonderful. And then we do like thumbs up at each other and we're like, hey, tada, shab, shab, bro, you know, and... And hey, it's a better day on the roads. <laughs> yeah, boy, go, go. Now, one little other example. When you have bad service, maybe at a restaurant, maybe you buy some products from the supermarket, you get home and the products aren't good and so on. I want to ask you, how do you handle or complain to that person? That you write, you write, you know, customer care at whatever company. Because bear in mind, if you were receiving that email of complaint, wouldn't you like the person to at least have a decent attitude? 
And I want to challenge us that we work on this because sometimes we write a letter and we say, well, your, your place stinks and, and it's dirty and the fruit is always, you know, past their sell-by date and, and I'm going to tell all my friends never to shop here and I'm going to share this on Facebook and, uh, you know, we, we want to do that. But do we need to? If you were receiving that letter, you would want somebody to point out the necessary things in a courteous manner. These are practical applications. Practical applications. So number three, as we seek to apply the golden rule, we become more like our Father in heaven. Can you say amen? Now, the last point, number four. The power of the golden rule is found in putting it into action. Please say that aloud with me. The power of the golden rule is found in putting it into action. Now, I was thinking about this thing. And in terms of the golden rule, my question is, why do we find it so difficult to put it into practice in everyday life? And my sense is that it's actually because of our selfish nature. <laughs> Ouch. But you know, we have been redeemed and we've been brought out of darkness. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And here's what it is for believers those thoughts, when they want to rise up in us, we actually have to push them aside. We actually have to crucify those things, and we have to put on Christ, as the Bible says. And I want to say to you, when you write that letter of complaint, you're not a miserable old so-and-so. You're a righteous man and woman of God as you write that letter of complaint about service. And so it's important that we act accordingly. We need to daily lay down our old nature and put on Christ. The scripture says in Ephesians 4, verse 23 to 24, it says, be renewed. In other words, don't be like the world, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man, please say new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And so through the golden rule, God is encouraging us that we use the strength of Christ in us to respond in ways which are positive. And the golden rule helps us not to be ugly. Instead, it helps us to be accommodating. It helps us to be tender. It helps us to be rid of spitefulness. Spitefulness just does damage. We don't want spitefulness. And let me ask you this. We're talking about doing to others as you would have them doing to you and how you treat people, how they treat you. Let me ask you, how would you like people to treat you anyway? How would you like them to treat you? I've written a few words here. Your response would probably be that you'd like them to treat you with dignity, in integrity, in honesty, with sincerity. You would like people to give you the benefit of the doubt. You would like to be treated with care, with consideration. You would like to be treated with understanding. And so, well, if that's the way that you and I want to be treated, then we need to begin to get the ball rolling, and we need to sow that. Because whatever you sow, you will reap. Do you want to receive words of kindness? Then begin to speak words of kindness. Do you want to be encouraged? Well, then start encouraging others. Do you want to be respected? Then respect others. Maybe at your workplace is a great way to do, great place to do this. Now I'm drawing to a close. Let's look at the golden rule one last time. It's on the screen. 
And it says there, so in everything. And then it says the word do. Would you please say the word do? Can we say it a little louder? Do. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So notice that the first word of the golden rule is the word do. God is calling us to actively do, to actively demonstrate love. So this places you and I in the realm of action. And in the others that we are in relationship with and that we come into contact with, you and I mustn't just be passive. We must seek to do good, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We shouldn't have just merely good intentions, but you and I should act. We have a gospel which is an acting gospel. The Eastern religions say, refrain from doing. But Jesus says, do. And his command is a positive command to show love proactively and to show love positively. And as I draw to a close today, I want to say this, that as we, listen carefully, as we put the golden rule into practice, I believe that it will multiply the peace in our lives. The fruit of righteousness is peace. I also believe that we would begin to enjoy more blessing and more harmony in life. And I want to say this. Listen, it is to your and my advantage to apply the golden rule. My last statement today is, come on, folks, let's put it into action. Let's do it. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Would you stand as we close in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word today. I am challenged. I believe all of us here today are challenged by what you've spoken to us. We do want to take a moment to say, Lord, where we've really been acting in selfishness, we just confess that to you. And thank you that if we confess it, you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Now we ask for special grace to begin to apply this. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to remind us to act in this way. Would you remind us? We also realize that we cannot do this in our human endeavor, but we rely on Christ in us, that we can do these things and all things through Christ who strengthens us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace. And we all say, amen, amen. amen. God bless you, everybody. You are free to go.